When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. The minister stops him and says, Hey, just in case you hadn't figured this out yet from the cover art and everything, that chip inside you is the mark of the beast. And he literally, he stands up and goes, I know this sounds crazy and I want him to be like, but I have a lot of plastic silverware in my butt right now. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) There is no plastic silverware anywhere on this plane, but inside me. (laughs) All right. Have a good time throwing that bomb out the plane. (laughs) God awful movie. 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 Welcome back to the Gamcast, where each week we sample another selection from Christian cinema because we were sick of watching movies recreationally. I'm your host, Noah Illusions, and sitting to my immediate left is my good friend, Heath Enright. Heath, welcome back. Thanks, Noah. You know what movie would have been great if they had a much smaller budget? What's that? Left Behind with Nick Cage. <laughs> that, would have been, that would have been excellent. And sitting 81 miles to my right is my bad friend, Eli Bosnick. Eli, how are you this fine afternoon, sir? I'm pretty fantastic. I don't know if you guys got this opportunity, but I actually watched 98 movies, uh, not one. There were 98 separate short films, <laughs> all starring a forehead and <laughs> the avatar of the god of Old Country Buffet. So it was really it was a good time. I had him down uh, as a CrossFit Seth Rogen, but yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so tell us, Heath, what will we be breaking down today? We watched The Mark. It's the story of some guy who watched Left Behind with Kirk Cameron and said to himself, you know what movie would have been great if they had a much smaller budget? (laughs) That one. We made the same thing, but not so, you know, ostentatious on the production end. (laughs) And Eli, uh, we've already hinted at this, but how bad was this movie? Well, if you love Air Force One... 12 Monkeys, Left Behind, Die Hard, Roadhouse, (laughs) Buffets, Heart Disease, Eric Roberts, Random Characters Who Appear to Deliver Dialogue and Then Instantly Die, Cucks, you will hate this movie. You will hate this movie. There's it's a terrible movie. that would make you love this one. This, no. this movie is the five-year-old cooking version of a movie. Just that, I love chocolate chips. I love tacos. So I made chocolate chip tacos, and you gotta be like, <laughs> yum. Heath gets it. Heath Are we gets saying it. that's <laughs> not? Thank you. I mean, sounds good. You never. Why wouldn't you want a chocolate? Whatever. Whatever. This is a bad example, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> I'm not having this fight on air. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So before we get into the movie itself, I want to talk a little bit about the movie poster. Right. I have never gotten more excited by a movie poster in any film that we've ever done. Would anyone care to describe the poster for the uh, for the listeners at home? Uh, it's a plane that appears to be flying out of a UPC code. <laughs> <laughs> 
So the the name of the movie again is The Mark, and that's of course the Mark of the Beast. But on the front of the poster is just a giant UPC symbol. Now, are you guys both familiar with the six 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 UPC conspiracy? Absolutely. I learned recently that Hobby Lobby still won't use UPCs <laughs> no, because they're won't. fucking crazy. <laughs> right, right, because of this exact dumb shit. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this one, maybe, you know, you didn't grow up in Georgia. Congratulations on that. But I used to get these pamphlets all the time showing me how UPC symbols have a secret 666 in them because the symbol for 6 and 6 in the UPC, I think it's the UPC A code or whatever, is two thin lines with a white line to the left. And the guidelines right at the beginning, middle and end are two thin lines without that other line to the left. So they look similar. It kind of looks like there's a 666 on all of them, which has a lot of Christians obviously freaking the fuck out. And it's sort of a staple of these weird Christian Satan apocalypse uh, uh, conspiracy theories, but I've never seen it in a film before. We've watched so many of these movies and I've never really seen a direct reference to it in one of these movies. So I'm glad to know that they were doing their homework on InfoWars for this one. Oh, yeah. Them and the President of the United States. Similar. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So, uh, sorry, that's just like a a weird, like, thing I love. The bizarreness of these conspiracy theories. Uh, So, sorry for the tangent. Is there anything you guys want to nominate this one for being the best at being the worst at? Uh, Yeah, I'm going to say best, worst, bad guys taking a timeout. (laughs) After Act 2, the bad guys just, just stop doing their multi-million dollar bad guy plot for no reason yeah but they don't leave the setting of the movie they just like mill around doing nothing (laughs) fuck fine this movie changes (laughs) what it is about and what the conflict is in the last 20 minutes a solid five times a solid (laughs) five times this movie's like it's about a bomb we can't go below the height no i now i'm the bad guy shit (laughs) Uh, we've got to make these burritos in time for The the movie seems not to be aware of what it was about at any time. It's like Scott Adams talking. Is Scott Adams talking the movie? Holy shit. I want to nominate this for best worst fake gun noises. There are only a couple throughout the movie, but there is not a single gun noise in this movie that is not. Yeah, right. Somebody just standing off screen going blam. 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 Pikachu. Pikachu. (laughs) I'm going to go with, in in a lot of ways, just uh, best, worst uh, sound effects altogether. There's one in here that just honestly made me laugh until I was pale and my wife was worried about me. And that actually relates to my best, worst, which is best, worst, surprise fat guy. Oh, my God. I can't. I literally could spend the next hundred episodes of our show just breaking down this guy's performance. Yes. How he appears in the movie, the things he does, the things he says. I will never be okay because this movie was just like, yeah, that's the movie we're going to send out into the world. You don't think anyone will have? It's the greatest. It is the greatest. Because here's the thing. And, And I found this a lot with our show. Whenever I'm not looking forward to a movie, whenever I'm like, oh, here we go, another one of those, something like this happens and it brings me right back in again. (laughs) Surprise, surprise fat guy was this for me. I I don't want to spoil anything, but. Oh, well, just, okay, so just to give you a little context here, two thirds of the way through this movie, in the middle of a fight scene, some gigantic sweaty fat guy just jumps into the movie 
from that point on, for at least the next 15, 18 minutes, he is a main character of the movie, and then he disappears again. I wouldn't say jumps. I wouldn't say jumps. That's, he is the vertical. The vertical is zero, but he shows up. Yes, thank you. Shows up and instantly knows karate. I can't deal with it. We'll talk about it. <laughs> we'll ramp you up to that one. All right, well, the longer we spend on the intro, the longer before I can purge this dumbass movie from my brain, so we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll dig into all the loosely stitched together action movie tropes that are the mark hey folks are you an evil mastermind trying to control the world with microchips can't seem to find the help you need well why not try ZipRecruiter.com? with ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to a hundred plus job sites with just one click i was relying on soldier of fortune magazine for years to find assassin bodyguard and spandex suit maker but with zip recruiter i see qualified candidate right away then, their powerful technology officially matches the right people to your job, better than anyone else. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you, it finds them. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. No juggling emails or calls to the office. Simply screen, rate, and manage candidates all in one place with ZipRecruiter's easy-to-use dashboard. After years of interviewing sidekicks with one eye, a hat made of razors, and a leg that's also a sword, ZipRecruiter made it easy to quickly go through and find the perfect number two in my mission to blow up the moon. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, our listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash godawfulmovies. I was tired of expensive ads just sitting there hoping for someone with uranium to answer my post. With ZipRecruiter, I posted for free and found someone fast. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash godawfulmovies. Not just for supervillains. <laughs> I'm Ben Carson. Ben Carson. Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hi, did you find everything okay today? Uh, yep, all set. Great, and will you be using cash or mark today? Uh, Mark, please. Fantastic. Just hold your hand over the sensor. No, uh, sorry. Uh, keep it. You have to keep it over the sensor, sir. Oh, oh, sorry. Okay, sorry. Give me one second. I just got to cancel. Okay, great. Hold it over the sensor. Just over? Okay, okay. Um, Can I move now? Or? Uh, no, uh, sorry. Uh, leave it on there. And is this credit or debit? Um, uh, Mark pay? Oh, we don't do mark pay. What? I I thought you said mark was was an option. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, the reader says mark, but the the reader only does credit or debit. Oh. oh, okay. Um, credit then, I guess. Okay, great. And just enter your pin on the pad there. Well, no, I said I said credit. Oh, ah, uh, sorry. Oh, it's 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 fine. I uh, no no, you can't move your hand. How can I enter my pin without moving my hand? Sorry, uh, let me just cancel this and we'll start over. This was totally not worth selling my soul. This is just a weird... Keep your hands still, sir. For technology. I got a forehead and this never happens. <laughs> <laughs> and we're back for the breakdown. And this movie is going to start with Revelation 13.1. That's the behold the dragon stood at the <laughs> yeah. shores. And I'm like, hell yeah, my kind of Christian movie, guys. 
Don't shy away from the crazy shit. I'm still waiting to see when a God's divine eyeball covered sycophant monster is brought to the silver screen. <laughs> that's that's how it starts. Remember the multilingual kraken from the end of the Bible? <laughs> Good. Us too. And movie star. That won't be related. No, not really. No. He's uh, just on the plane. <laughs> oh, sir. You can't fit your tentacle in the overhead. You're going to have to put it in front of your chair. No hablo. I know you speak multiple languages, sir. All right. Don't All do right. this. So this will be, I think, the fastest fucking start we've ever gotten in a Christian movie, right? So mm. Within 90 seconds, there's a boat full of ninjas with machine guns. So we're going to start things off in Bangkok. And there are... A couple of mercenaries on a, a couple of cargo containers. <laughs> and they're walking around like Koopa Troopas. They're like yes. going back, <laughs> stopping, going back. It's a weird setup for like security. Where each each container gets one guy. They're like, no, no, no. We're going to have three on the front one and then like one behind that and leave the rest. Yeah. Yeah. What do you mean the front one? Like stage front, <laughs> stage front. We're going to guard stage front, obviously. So it. And, and this is where we're going to meet our main character. Uh, he's one of the soldiers that's guarding this contra this setup here. And he jumps on the radio real quick early on to say, all right, everything's secure. But I just want to go on the record saying I'm a good guy and this is a bad guy thing. Damn it. Oh, and can we talk <laughs> about the looks of this main character? Oh, he please. looks like the guy on a <laughs> CNN panel that's on the pro fucking your car side of the debate. <laughs> All right, well, we've got an automotive guy from MIT and the main character of this movie. It feels good, damn it. They don't feel nothing. All right, well. <laughs> yeah, he looks like Evil Universe Tom from Cogdis. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, Tom looks like Evil Universe Tom from Cogdis. <laughs> yeah, he's good Universe Tom. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, so yeah, he's wandering around and, and in the cargo container apparently there are bad guys preparing for evil chip surgery yeah don't don't really get why that's happening there no they especially when we're going to learn in a moment that this company has a hospital in this town they do <laughs> right they do it's true uh and for some reason the background noise during this operation is that plasma ball from the science museum they've got like a <laughs> yeah, yeah. mm-hmm also, quick thing. Why do the security guards have elbow pads and knee pads? What? What's happening? Yeah. I thought they were going to start rollerblading through cones on top of the containers all of a sudden. Uh -huh. Weird pick. That's only when you get to the third level that they got their uh, rollerblades. That would have been so exciting. Um, so, and now it's time for ninjas on a boat. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, a boat full of ninjas shows up and there are explosions everywhere. Uh, and let me just help people out who are like, hey, guys, guide me through the plot. Who are these ninjas? Who are they attacking? Um, everyone is on the same side and everyone is attacking each other. You can go fuck yourself. So, there are ninjas, but they appear to be from the same company that will later be on its own side and attacking itself later in the movie. So the fuck even knows? Yeah. So, yeah, so we get a couple of explosions. At least two of them are the same explosion twice and not even from different angles. Mm -hmm. um, so that was a bit lazy, but hey, you know what? Blow some shit up. Why Nowhere not? near as lazy as the shot they'll reuse for the rest of the movie. We'll get there. <laughs> right. There's an airplane. They, whatever. We'll, we'll get there. <laughs> so at one point, 
this this guy who's going to become main character, he's a security guard here. He he jumps off his cargo container. Oh my god! And the 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 ridiculous cut to his landing is amazing. He they he, like he's supposed to like be you know like parkour and like be fine and jump off the thing, but it, it's so awkward. It might as well cut to like Carrie Strug sticking the landing on the vault in '96 <laughs> and he's fine. It's so bad. Yeah, no, it was leap level parkour here. I can't. I mean, because like. Were they unable to find a stunt man that could do that? Or did the stunt man break his legs when he landed here? <laughs> the stunt man did not stick the landing like Harry Strong in 96. Exactly. So yeah, we have the whole, you know, can the doctor chip in the chip in time and they, they need more time, damn it, with their test subject or the chip won't work. Now, apparently it's perfectly fine to just inject the fuck out of the first guy you see when you walk out. He doesn't have to have more time or anything. Um, but yeah, so that's the plot of the movie. The guy who was standing guard was the last man standing, so he wound up with the evil chip in him. After mm-hmm. the the gunfight that looks like a, a bachelor party took acid and went paintballing <laughs> together. Makes no sense. That sounds really fun. That well, sounds really fun. Yeah. I'm, these guys that looked like they were having than... fun. They were like, wee, gunfight! <laughs> that sounds so stupid. That sounds better than poker in an Irish bar <laughs> that you go to all the time. Yeah. Sounds really nice. <laughs> it's okay. The people who uh, plan that don't listen to our shows. Glad, and- glad someone did that for them. <laughs> <laughs> Eli's looking forward to his birthday too. So, yeah. <laughs> which It'll involves a, a gun. And it'll be a similar tone. <laughs> and now we get the credits. Okay, we've had three explosions, a gunfight, and a boat full of ninjas. Now it's time for the credits. Um, and this is going to be, the credits are going to come over news of a financial meltdown mixed with crazy Christian nonsense radio talk. But it's like <laughs> they're trying to do like a YouTube video takedown because it's like the stock market is crashing because there are less Christians now. <laughs> yeah, right. Because the Christians are not being Christian enough. That's the financial <laughs> crisis of 2008 explained in this movie. Yeah. No, the news is even saying that, like, there aren't very many Christians now, are there? And the finances are, are not good at the moment. So. <laughs> Hate to break it to the guys who made this movie. Um, Barack Obama, the savior. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably not what they think. So, yeah. So basically, we get the whole damn apocalypse in the credits. Mm-hmm. And, and that's followed up by the last couple of things where it talks about, oh, and also a chip under your skin. It's the newest. It's the latest. It's the greatest. It's made by Avanti is the name of the company. <laughs> and why would that solve a, a global financial crisis? Know. Why would credit cards being in your arm instead of your wallet change the the housing credit. What, what the fuck are they talking about? <laughs> the movie will never make any effort to explain that. Well, you see, if you add up all the time, people just wait at the pin machine with your car just sitting in there, and that's a whole new economy just there. <laughs> Productivity skyrockets. Yeah, no, okay, all right. No, that makes sense. But yeah, I, I, but we should point that out and, and kind of dwell on that at least for a second. Otherwise, it's going to confuse the listeners. Well, it's going to confuse the listeners one way or the other, but at least we should be upfront about that. This whole movie is about a chip that gets injected into this guy's arm that will solve all the world's problems. We will never know what that chip does or how it solves the world pro- world's problems. They'll reference, they'll, they'll sort of like 
make you think that maybe this guy got superpowers from it, but he didn't. Oh, Nothing right. constantly. They constantly say throughout this movie, like, oh, what is this? Made me some kind of Superman. And Eric Roberts is always like, yep. And I'm like, really? Yeah, Does a- Superman's face look like that? <laughs> <laughs> Does Superman's face look like he's trying to eat his way through a shellfish allergy? I'm just yes. trying to figure. <laughs> Does Superman have the power of boop? Is that is that one of the, one of his powers? Uh, who the fuck knows? So okay, so now we open the movie proper at Avanti headquarters. Um, this is a location in Bangkok so secret that not even the movie knows where the fuck it is. Right, <laughs> undisclosed location, Bangkok. You just said Bangkok. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but but again, and this now this is where the, our main character is going to wake up in a hospital that is owned by this corporation that has injected him with this chip, right? I think yeah. that is the plot. All right. Yeah. Why would they not? I mean, in, in a big, well-lit building like this, you would see ninjas coming way earlier. I feel like <laughs> this was the place, if you had this place available to you, to do the injection, right? Uh, I don't know. Bangkok hospital, dirty storage container, dirty storage container, hospital in Bangkok. It's, it, for me, it's 50-50. <laughs> well, you can't get there by boat, is what I'm saying. You can't get a boat of ninjas onto the 15th floor of this building. This movie would have figured it out. Boats just flying in. <laughs> yeah, right. Indiana Jones style from Temple of Doom. Yeah, all right. One, one guy in one of the inflatable dinghies just bounces back off the window. Ah! <laughs> Didn't think that through. Dude. Needed a heavier metal one. Damn it. <laughs> and, all right, so as our main character is recovering, in walks Eric Roberts, just hungry for some scenery to chew. So now we have to, like, just recognize that Eric Roberts is in on the whole Christian thing, right? Like, for... For a few years, at least on this show, I sort of thought to myself, you know, maybe he just, maybe he just needs the work, but he's been been in enough Christian movies now. We got to let him go. Well, he's theirs now. I I, I will say, like, if you look at his IMDb page, he's got like 1600 credits just for 2017. So there's a very Nick Cagey, I'll do anything for money thing going on here, too. So it may not be that. Oh, did he run out of drugs? Might it might also be that? Drugs. Yeah, exactly. never run out of drugs. The no illusion story. <laughs> <laughs> so Eric Roberts is standing uh, over the recovering soldier, and this is it's time for this soldier to have the first of many many flashbacks. <laughs> or, I'm sorry, first time of many that he will have the same flashback. <laughs> exactly. And this one's to what appears to be a grinder date. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like you try to fuck an Asian guy if you're in Thailand. It's a white guy in this one. Whatever. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Racist. Wait, no, no. That's positive. No, I'm saying if I went to Thailand, uh, I l- would like to fuck it's an the Asian character guy. character that's that, that, that sought out a white guy in Thailand. Okay, he's a racist. I'm not racist. Yeah, no. I like... It, no, you can always tell the Asian not racist by the guys who like constantly defend themselves against that accusation, even when it wasn't really made. That's people how you level it all the time. Some people just have to come out and explain things. Yeah, you come out ahead. <laughs> exactly. So, okay. but uh, it's not. It's his brother. It turns out. Yeah, exactly. It's not a grinder date. They, a lot of chemistry with his brother, though, which is weird. And and we learned this because they do the class. And this is a movie thing, not just a Christian movie thing. They're like. Let me tell you, little brother, who yeah. has been my brother since birth. And I just want to start doing that with people in my life so that movies make sense again. Just be like, oh, Heath, my podcast partner. What's going on, partner of I'll podcasts? Stop occasionally while we're out and sum up the plot, you know? I'll just here we stop are at lunch. Say- Your role here is podcast partner. Perfect. 
So, yeah, so his brother is here giving him like his um, I, everything happens for a reason wisdom. But our main character has lost his faith because of the war. You see, Ooh. now we will get this flashback again and again and again. And they'll and they won't add detail until the very end, but they'll add bullshit every time. But at this point, we, we cut that short so he can wake up breathing into a latex whoopee cushion for some reason. <laughs> I wrote in my notes. He has one of those airline bags attached to his oxygen mask. The bag may not inflate or it gets all weird and puffy like this one. Don't freak out. This is really just for you to go to sleep while you die in this plane. Just yeah, just go. There is a real thing where there would be a bag there, but there would also be a line of oxygen going into that bag. Otherwise, that would be really stupid and you just immediately... Suffocate, I would imagine. I don't know. He was hyperventilating when he came in. I don't know. Yeah. So you got to swap out the bags very quickly. He breathes in, swap the bag. So he wakes up to Eric Roberts. You could do worse. And I, this is the first time I really got a sense of the gravelly Batman voice that this actor had chosen to use. <laughs> yep. Pretty great. And we, we learned this when he realizes that the chip was injected in him and asks Eric Roberts, so what am I, Superman? You know, the first thing you would think when you had a thing injected in you, that it made you stronger. <laughs> All right, so I'm just going to give you this quick vitamin shot. So what am I, like Superman now? I can read minds? <laughs> I can shit myself and no one will know? Well, you're well, shitting yourself. I mean, second, and I second thing, yeah. <laughs> so can I. I mean, that's, 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 like, that's like everybody if you want, whatever. You commit. <laughs> Thing. Shit yourself. If you're listening to this podcast right now, <laughs> shit yourself and see who notices. <laughs> I'll tell you who your real friends are. Yeah. Who's the real fans of this show? <laughs> we, did more, we did one more episode than we promised you. Come on. You owe us. <laughs> and if you're on the subway, point at your ear and be like, God awful movies. Check it out. <laughs> Check it out. Do a little ad for us. Appreciate did it. The, did the podcast make you do that? Yeah, but yep. you should listen. It's fun. It was these three guys. They just improvise. It's wacky. So no Eric. <laughs> so getting back on script, Eric Roberts needs him to, to go to the G20. He is now forever linked to this chip in a way that will they won't even try. They won't even. No, no, they no, really they, they try. But I don't fail miserably. Pretty sure they pretty scientifically soundly explain what's going on with this chip. Later in the movie, I hate to argue here, but uh, we're going to find is, out there's a lot of science behind this movie. All right. Some we real have fancy handed words. out some participation trophies over here. I just want to let everyone know right away. So, yeah. So, some the super rich company that needs to put chips in arms in a fucking cargo container in Bangkok needs to get them to Germany. And and other people are going to be after him. So their idea is to just go on a regular airplane, like a commercial flight. You know, they'll never expect that. <laughs> he says we hide in plain sight. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I feel like he's he's like using he's just making the whole thing dangerous just because he wanted to use that phrase. He was like, all right, man, like you said plain sight. sight. Like I get it's not that clever. Can we just? <laughs> You're a million dollar corp. Maybe just like we do, we fly private. It's more comfortable. Well, they wouldn't know. And, and, and I mean, the idea here is like, you know, well, yeah, I could put the money in the bank, but they'd never expect me to put it on my front lawn. You know, like <laughs> right. this is the only way in which you could fail. You just get a <laughs> private jet 
You, this is a company that can afford half a million euros for who the fuck knows. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Also, just one other small thing in this hospital scene. They they have one of those monitors in the background with Chad's blood pressure. And <laughs> it is changing wildly yes! from moment to moment in this scene. Like... First of all, I'm pretty sure the top number has to be higher than the bottom number, no matter what. There's no, there's no, your blood can't go faster between heartbeats than during heartbeats. That would be an indication that you're, you're in a terrible movie. Otherwise, yeah, that's not how it works. Uh, agree to disagree, Heath. Agree to disagree. Um, State Farm can provide you some numbers to prove otherwise, but I don't want to get into it right now. My systolic and diastolic are the same. So there you go. I don't they have. They match. It's a lub swoosh dub. Lub swoosh dub. It's just trickle, trickle, yeah. trickle. I don't think so. I think it's quite the opposite, actually. Um, so now it's time to meet the Antichrist. We know this right away because he's European. Yep. <laughs> right. right. I mean, you knew as soon as you saw the name of this movie was the mark. You're like, first European guy, we meet the Antichrist. Yep. Jesus yeah. So, yeah, so then he goes, he wants to go into his evil monologue. And the way he gets there is by asking how many languages there are in the world. And the other guy's like, man, I don't fucking know. Can't we just not do a monologue? And he goes, there's <laughs> over a hundred languages. Uh, and yeah. according to Google, there are 6,909 living yeah. languages, which <laughs> is over a hundred. To yes. be fair, that is yeah. a larger number than a hundred. You know how many people there are in America? Thousands. More it, than seven. <laughs> exactly. No, but I, it got me wondering because that's like, you know, obviously they weren't even willing to Google here or or is it that they can't admit that there are 6,909 living languages in the world because that would mean that we'd have to have more than one new language per year and there are no new ones in anyone's living lifetime. Oh. Right? Like, so is that an apology? No, there's only 100 languages. No, there's, there's, yeah, Finnish. That's not real. Either. Oh my God. Where is Ray Comfort's movie? African? It's all Chinese. Is it? <laughs> well, that's a kind of Chinese, isn't it? He's from Sudan. Yeah. Sudan. <laughs> isn't that a Toyota car? You're trying to figure me out. <laughs> Way ahead of you. Oh, Give and me. also. Can we, we all have notes about the green screening here? <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, so rough. I'm assuming the South Park backgrounds weren't available, and that's why they went with the screen screen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're standing in, on a balcony in front of Sim City, apparently. <laughs> the, the backdrop might as well get painted during the scene, like it's a slam poetry event, like a five-year-old comes on with watercolors, and it's like, oh, finish this while we're doing it. <laughs> So, yeah, so he's but he's monologuing about how there's too many languages and too many ways of saying the same thing. Uh, and 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 how the religious people are all saying nonsense like the rapture and how he wants to be the Antichrist when he grows up. Oh, and this dialogue is so clunky. No, I know you already mentioned it's so clunky. Heath should trade his car in for it. He's just like lumber. <laughs> If this dialogue started to smoke halfway through and Heath just got out of the Antichrist's head and was like, it's probably fine. I'll call AAA. <laughs> so, yeah. And and to be fair, the, the bad guy that he's talking to, who will be the main bad guy for the rest of this movie, who will never be given a name until the credits, by the way. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, he, this guy, to his credit, gives as much of a fuck about this monologue as us. Yep. Right? Because he's like, 
you know, look, I don't really care about all this shit. Can you just give me like a job description and I can go? <laughs> he also asks for 500,000 euros in operating costs. <laughs> what? <laughs> 500,000 euros in operating costs. That's not his fee. That's his operating costs. He's like, yeah, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sandwich it between five other jumbo jets. And then I'm just going to make all those jets fly into M&M's swimming pool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, you know, here's your payment. There's a, a bizarrely hot assistant that is incredibly quiet so they don't have to pay her. What the Brazzers MILF secretary? Her entire <laughs> job's to like ha hand him a, the Mark flash drive thingy, and that that's it. I guess, yeah. Like and it seemed like she was about to teach her stepdaughter how to suck a dick, but <laughs> she hands him the thing. That's it. I too was hoping. Same set, different cameras. I get it. <laughs> right? Yeah, she was just already there, and they're like, you know, if you want to stick around, you don't have. To, you guys you are using the set. We're using the set. If you're in under five, we can throw you twenty bucks. <laughs> Our craft services has wafers. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, now we head to the airport. This is the Bangkok International Airport where the evil bad guys can set their plan in motion. Ah, uh, 2012 airports. Just, just a guy walking through and the lady's like, oh, hold up a second. Wave. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> Was that, were they different in 2012? Yeah, and, way different. <laughs> and it felt like it's it was a better time. Felt like it was a little bit before that because he's reading a physical newspaper. Yeah, what? And he's got it all the way out. Like, fold that shit into eighths like a decent fucking human being. <laughs> God damn. Or get a Kindle like a person from the present or 2012. <laughs> what are you doing? Also, okay, so Soldier Boy's sitting there waiting on his flight. Um, and the stewardess comes up to flirt with him. They know each other from, you know, the past. I guess, yeah. And this And this is how subtle this is. They flirt for a second. She goes over to her other stewardess friend, and the other stewardess friend is like, he is cute. And I'm like, really? Is he? Or does he look like, or does he look like spousal abuse, Mr. Potato Head? Yeah. What is, he, is that what we want to say? There's a few steroids away from a wrestler, maybe. Yeah. And also, the bad guy sitting behind him, like, glaring at him the whole time. I'm like, yeah, I feel like you'd want to be on a no-glare policy at this point. <laughs> and just in general there's a lot of really fucking obvious bad guys that like the tsa in thailand they they need to notice obvious evil guy a little better and throughout the movie this this will be key because they're going to be on the plane too seems like anyone with like a like a black sport coat and, and a, over a black turtleneck they got a briefcase that says bad motherfucker maybe do a random check <laughs> and, and let noah go through you know oh okay <laughs> sam harris all right <laughs> fine we get it we get it you're a racist so <laughs> now we're gonna cut into the airplane where virtually the rest of this movie is gonna take place and the way we establish that they're in an airplane even though we're looking at that is with the captain announcement where he basically says uh welcome to uh the air uh there'll be 12 hours to resolve the plot thank you oh god and look at what first class used to look like is that real no, it's it's like fucking Game of Thrones seating in this place. It's insane. 
There's three chairs in first class, and there's a bar in the center of the there's a de- there's a stripper pole. I would cut the head off my firstborn <laughs> daughter with a paper cutter to fly like that. I scooped myself in between Heath and another Heath for 95 hours on a jet blue flight, and it's the best way you can fly. I would kill three firstborn sons and eat them to fly like that again. Oh. You guys, so beautiful. You need to fly Emirates, guys. That's that's what this was. Anyway, yeah. So, but but oh, yeah, we're flying like, Emirates from now on. That's, that's <laughs> done. we're only flying our the next Saudi show, Arabia and Dubai. Australia. That's yeah, right. Exactly. Got off Come movies on, Dubai. <laughs> oh yeah, the, the, I'm pretty sure they'll let you do that whole killing the firstborns over there too. You know, you just, <laughs> absolutely. As long as it turns out gay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He was going to be Come a cocksucker. Look just, at his little just, wrists. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> little baby wrists flopping around. Yeah, that's better. No and Heath will so- not let me introduce <laughs> my character, Gay Baby, into the show. But let me say, Gay Baby would be the next Carl the Puck of Pegacor. So, <laughs> you're missing out at home, just so you know. So anyway, back to the script. The We also learn here that the co-pilot, Ted... Is the cook! <laughs> he's a very hateable <laughs> character um he is about to propose to a stewardess girlfriend boy i hope he doesn't die or anything oh and ted is the least he is the tina of this movie you feel free to just scream <laughs> at ted every he's just droopy dog just like oh i can't wait to get married i hope <laughs> she lets me see my penis on christmas i fucking hate this character so much <laughs> And uh, we get to see his uh, engagement ring for a second. Dow's in there looking at it. She does not do well pretending she likes the engagement ring. She's like, yeah, no, yeah, no. Big is No, it's great. It's good size. Good. No. Yeah. That's nice. Sales, huh? Sales? <laughs> yeah. That's good. How you, you got know? a pretzel and a bond of gold to oh. wed someone to you forever. That's nice. You guys are appropriate even amounts of attractiveness. This will do fine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get there. So later that very same flight, our main character is getting a drink. His name is Chad, by the way. I have him as Soldier Boy through the whole thing because they barely ever give you his name. Um, But he's in the back having a drink, and the bad guys are all mobilizing at this moment, right? The 15 bad guys that are on this flight all stand up at the same time and start walking the same way in unison. (laughs) Like, they're either going to go fuck in the bathroom or they're going to do a... A hijacking flash mob like, of some obviously. sort? <laughs> That'd be fun, a dance. They started doing oh. a musical number. A hijacking dance. I got a feeling, slit someone's throat. <laughs> <laughs> also, how the fuck do you book 18 people on the same plane? That seems like it'd be crazy difficult to do. It and is it- crazy difficult. <laughs> yeah. So, all I feel right. like they got really easy TSA pre-checked. Seems like that's not a good security measure. <laughs> Well, they're, they're all Don't white. <laughs> so, okay. So now while that's going on, we're getting it cross cut with the main character. Some reporter chick comes up to flirt with him, right? She's like, I, I, I see you're the main character here. Oh, I'm sorry. Do you mean Shirley Holmes, the psychic reporter? Her, so <laughs> this, this character who I just have in my notes is discount Monica walks over <laughs> and she's like, <laughs> So, you and Ro- Eric Roberts are obviously uh, together, and you're smuggling a microchip, and he's like, no, no. Yeah, so while we're learning that, while they're doing that, the again, the bad guys are have now began to climb through the cavernous, empty compartments that 
airplanes have. This movie imagines airplanes to have, I would say, seven extra full floors of space. Yeah, that's not used for cargo or anything. <laughs> yep. Just like <laughs> tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're grabbing candlesticks. Bookcases are spinning around. <laughs> it's like Haunted Mansion Airlines. The whole plane is fucking enormous. It's ridiculous. It's impossibly large, this airplane. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, and, and the bad guy, I love to the uh, the main bad guy says to the guy crawling through the tunnel, he's like, you have five minutes because this is getting crazy fucking boring. It's been a while since those explosions. And, and just to keep us from getting interested in any of this, of course, we have to go back to the expositing with the journalist conversation here and there. Right. And the journalist is like, well, you work for Avanti, don't you? And he's like, wow, this is lazy writing. And she's like, no, no, no. He's got a <laughs> he's got a nice watch. He's literally the only person in the world who can have a nice watch. And, and we see the bad guys. We cut to the bad guys and they're like getting all their 2012 cutting age technology together, which involves foldable machine guns like origami machine guns that start out like the size of a Rubik's Cube and end up as like M16s and uh, Heath's cell phone. Yes. I have a very nice cell phone. I don't I don't get this this way. It's great. He Project, can call you from his computer. Project 5. It's very good service. So, Everybody checking out. Him and four other guys who are drug dealers. Not a slave <laughs> to the big three or whatever. So meanwhile. Wake up, sheeple. <laughs> meanwhile, hometown pilot and hometown co-pilot are up there discussing all the things they have to live for. <laughs> and there's this crazy moment. I don't know why they left it in the movie. He's like, so uh, how'd you get engaged? And he was like, I fucked my wife in the back of the car. And she was like, you better put a ring on it because I felt a baby crawl up a tube. And he's like, ah, oh, fun. <laughs> yeah, Heath and I both have in our notes, oh, the pilot proposed somewhere very uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. The back of the Volkswagen. <laughs> Literally, they say that. Yeah. Also, small thing, according to the cockpit display, they're flying at 200 feet right yes! now. Seems low. Seems low. The, the, the altitude's actually going to matter later. <laughs> so, Apparently not now. Knocking over buildings and billboards. <laughs> we're rollerblading. Yeah, we're just a rollerblading, guys. That was a jump. Um, yeah, and also, this is so weird because, like, generally, you know, obviously the special effects are terrible. The CGI is terrible. But generally, it's a fairly well-made movie. The director seems to know where the camera's supposed to go, etc., but whenever it's Ted talking, the audio is fucking awful. He's like way quieter than everybody else or he's clipping like crazy. That was driving me fucking nuts. Because Ted's a cuck and we hate Ted. That must everyone be Everyone on set hated Ted too. That could be it. Yeah, the people <laughs> with the boom were just constantly whacking him with it. He's watching the dailies and he's like, hey, uh, it, it, it sounds a little different when I just shut the fuck up. Yeah. <laughs> Do we have to really shoot me later in the movie? Yes. <laughs> it's like normally you use blood packets. No. We're um, all yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now, meanwhile, with this boring ass conversation between the main character and the uh, reporter chick, she's explaining that this is like obviously all the stuff going on on Fox News, even today, is obviously the apocalypse happening. And, and and she she justifies this by saying it looks like the wealthy are going to grab all the power. Didn't they already have? I did. When, when did you just wake Shh, up don't, from? Don't be a dick. Yes, whatever. More. They're getting more. One. We're going to get a <laughs> one bank, one currency, and one leader. Yeah. yeah. Again, not sure how that. 
Doesn't make, no, 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 none of this makes any sense. It's, it's the Bible thing. It's the Revelation thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, and and he picks up on that quick because he's like, "Are we talking about Satan? Like, who the fuck would answer like that?" To to which to which she responds like, "Don't talk about Satan, okay?" It's like you brought up her ex. She's just like, "I don't want to get into it with him." All right, just like I've moved on. He's moved on. I blocked him on Facebook, and it's better. <laughs> Yeah, he's like supposed to be the atheist at this point. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, do you mean Satan? Is that what you're fucking talking about? And she did mean Satan. Yeah. No. I wanted him to pretend like someone waved at him at this empty bar <laughs> and just like turn around and walk away. <laughs> By the way, they're in this, enormous, again, the airplane is impossible. They're in like a German beer garden bar somewhere in this airplane. It's that, enormous. That double-decker Airbus that they have now has that exact setup, I do believe. Um, oh, so we are flying this with plane. like cafeteria tables going for miles. <laughs> it's it's ridiculous. Uh, just well, Heath the- in the background chugging and talking to the help. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you wash the toilets. What is, what's up with you? Come sit with us. We're friends now. I'm gross. You're gross, dude. You're gross. So, but now her response... I'm nice to people. I don't understand this one either. <laughs> I, don't, I don't get that one. I get the one we about don't. your phone, but... Talk to the help. <laughs> That's Jesus. why they're the help. We pay them not to talk to us. <laughs> Jesus Part of the pay is you don't I talk don't, to the nobles. I don't get why anyone still gives us money since Eli <laughs> came on the show. Give me a Noah money. You, uh, yeah, give right. Eli money. you just send <laughs> us direct money if you want. Apparently he can't be trusted with it. Um, yeah, but I, I love too that like basically her reaction to his like, are you talking about Satan is so you have read the Bible. <laughs> what? Because he knows about Satan? And, and this is where we get the scene of the bad guys passing each other a gun in a newspaper? Yeah. What? <laughs> so unnecessary. Like, dude, just pass me the weapon. We're using the newspapers. We said we would pass them. We're not even, nobody, see, we're in the back. We're in like a, an impossibly hidden vault of this airplane. Nobody can see. We're going to use the newspapers throughout. Also, yet, yeah, do they have a dumb waiter to the cargo area on airplanes? I don't feel like this. Maybe they do, but um, for security, maybe one that doesn't fit people <laughs> would be a good idea. Just that fits a little bit less than Agreed a person. Agree to disagree. Agree to disagree. <laughs> Just me on an Emirates flight. Wee. <laughs> Wee. Wee. Could you anything from down there? Eli, get out. Seriously, they're calling the cops. Wee. <laughs> I'm like Ben Carson. Wee. <laughs> Wee. So it. Now everybody's asleep on the plane and the stewardess is coming by with a drink service. And this is so fucking funny because like clearly everyone's trying to sleep and she just turns to the next person and is like, how about some coffee? What do you think? Yeah, She went on to work for JetBlue. <laughs> <laughs> Shaking me awake. Do you want some blue potato chips? No, no. I want to sleep away the memory of the nine babies on this plane. Thank you. <laughs> I'll have his Thank blue you. potato chips. Thank you. I'm watching <laughs> Cops. <laughs> He was too. You watched a cops marathon for like seven hour flight straight out, and I would not leave Heath alone. Every time I watched a poor person get hurt, I would shake him and be like, "Dude, you got to turn to cops. You got to watch. You got to watch." This is an actual true story. That lady's our mom's age. (laughs) See what drug addiction did to her? They're arresting her for having a problem. Come on, get in here. (laughs) Oh, she's running away because she's frightened. Oh, they always get her because there's more of them. (laughs) (sighs) The tackles are fun. The tackles are fun. You got to admit. So 
at, at the same time, by the way, we should point out that this is the second time uh, that we get Soldier Boy doing his flashback thing. But now he's just flashing back to things that have already happened in the movie. Yeah, he's just flashing back to the movie. We're 23 minutes in. Yeah. Yeah, they they were sure we were coming in after a commercial. They're like, really? You stuck around even after that open? Huh? You mean this isn't already on TBS? All right, fine, if you say so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess. So, okay, so now this is where Dow, who is the stewardess he was fly, uh, flirting with earlier, the main character, um, this is where Dow catches the... Uh, the stewardess and the co-pilot making out because apparently he already proposed to her on the plane. That's pretty awful. It's an even more uncomfortable place on a lot of planes, not this one. <laughs> no. <laughs> and just to reinforce what a bitch this, this stewardess is, she announces to the sleeping passengers on the red-eye flight over the intercom that the co-pilot and the stewardess are engaged. Like well, anyone no, they- gives a fuck. She teases them. She's like, oh, I'm going to tell him. I'm going to tell him. And they're like, no, don't. She's like, okay, right. we're 10,000 feet in the air. And he's like, stop, stop making it on the podcast. People will know. My mom listens. And it's it's great. It's a fun joke. And I think we all agree that stewardess was it, hilarious. Yeah. And you should tweet and Facebook people. And now the engagement no matter- thing's done. Cool. <laughs> that joke is done. Good. They're don't, registered at bed. Don't tweet me. Wait, it done? What did God she say? It never started. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Nothing Eli says is true. Everybody needs to. God damn it. <laughs> so, I don't like using Twitter. So meanwhile, <laughs> I don't like phone calls, Facebook. None of, don't contact <laughs> he me. He doesn't about like this. the people. I like, it is like, like to sit in a small room <laughs> or so, a big one, but don't bother me <laughs> in whatever size room I'm in. God damn it. Meanwhile, speaking of small rooms, we have uh, what we cut to the Asian bad guy who, yes, we'll know karate later, um, sneaking through one of the many Bruce Willis tunnels in this plane. It's, it's an enormous air duct. Again, so much space on this airplane. Like I wanted him to just like stand up and start walking in the duct, doing big kicks. <laughs> There's like a pool table. It's so large. Yeah, the, it, uh, God, Jesus. Like, And again, if they're not trying to transform this plane into a ninja robot mid-flight, they are doing too many fucking steps here. Optimus Prime just turns to Bumblebee. I swear to God, I've got like an Asian guy in me. <laughs> Ooh, I do not feel good. I do not feel good. <laughs> so, okay, so we cut back to Soldier Guy. He's walking... From back from the bar, when all of a sudden the co co-pilot guy hugs him, <laughs> just a complete stranger grabs him, hugs him, says, "I just got engaged." That is punching the nose, crazy. Yeah, you're not allowed to <laughs> physically violate someone else's space unless you enjoy their podcast. Apparently, Everyone knows that. Yes, yeah. yeah. I don't and like he goes, hugs. I'd give you a cigar, but it's a non-smoking flight. And I swear to God, this wasn't scripted. The actors just like cigars are for babies. That's not. The thing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, all right. You know, the writer's not super good, though. It's not my fault, man. At which point we do the least delicate introduction of a... Well, sorry. The second least delicate introduction of a character in this movie where the minister rises up in between <laughs> yes. the two characters and he's like, hey, I'm a minister. You want to get, get married? And I... Loved that so much. I really wanted that character to do that no matter what. Just like they wink at each other across the bar. Minister pops up. Hey, and it couldn't notice a little bit of chemistry. I'm a minister. You guys want to 
if I get a hundred before the end of the week, I don't have to get breast implants. Come on, people, let's get some marriage going. <laughs> I have a terrible gambling problem. Who will get married? On, I can renew vows. That counts. Come on. <laughs> so once they meet him, Soldier Boy goes into the bathroom where he starts flashing back to the flashbacks from earlier in the movie. Brave. That's, that's new. <laughs> uh, and it's basically it's a flashback to his brother going, blessed are the Jesus, 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 Jesus. And him saying, I've been to war. There's no God. Well, not yeah. just that. He's like, I saw a 12 year old girl take yeah. a bullet. And he's like, hey, man, that 12 year old died so that you could live. And now I had all <laughs> a whole other storyline in my head where a 12 year old's just like, and I just jumps <laughs> Oh, she yeah. was right. She did love me a long time. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's so love. Up. Yeah, we get the, the stupid problem of evil thing here. And, uh, yeah. And, it, and the, the like Christian brother's like, oh, shit. Yeah, okay. 12-year-old got shot. That's a hard one. Uh, I got this. Uh, she got shot so I could be an over five. Stupid. No, that's stupid. <laughs> uh, I got it. I got it. Uh, she got shot in the face so you could have a good redemption plot. Yeah. Later in a movie. Because omnipotence isn't what it used to be. This is the deity that stopped the sun at Joshua's command. And he's like, oh, fuck, a bullet. Uh, stick an innocent kid in front of it. I, I got I got plans for him. Yeah. Just can't. Yeah. <laughs> no third solution. <laughs> no. So, all right. So main bad guy um, is about to enact his plan finally, Jesus Christ. So he goes back to get the gun from the gun hiding part of the plane. The extremely convenient dumbwaiter that does nothing but help hijackers on airplanes. Apparently. Exactly. exactly. And just then, because this writer was thinking about it, y'all, the co-pilot's about to go into the uh, into the cockpit, and he turns around and he goes, oh, I was supposed to get a ginger ale. I'll go back to the back of the plane and turns around. That's why he didn't show up in this moment because the script nailed it. Like we were going to be like, where the fuck's the co-pilot? He was just walking. He was going to get a ginger ale. This movie makes no sense. No, they fixed it. And well, and by the way, apparently this 93 step plan, the only thing that it took to like make him completely change everything was, oh, fuck, the co-pilot's going back out for ginger ale. God damn it. Because they're like, oh, change your plans, guys. Well, it's a change of plans because as he's reaching in to get his gun, the stewardess who's just been engaged, she walks in on him and she's like, sir, what are you looking for? And we're going to learn later in the movie. He takes this moment to murder to her. To murder her. Yep. Yeah. He couldn't have been like, where are the blue potato chips? He just murders her. And that's why the plan changes. He's like, ah, sorry, I murdered early, guys. I'm sorry. This is on me. <laughs> I couldn't possibly think of anything to say except just getting my gun and then <laughs> silently murder a woman 30 inches from someone's sleeping face. <laughs> like I said, the writer was really thinking this through. Just Noah's in the seat in front of them hearing her get murdered. At least it's not a baby. <laughs> <laughs> would be better. That would be better. Um. So, yeah. And then it's time for them to activate the radio jammer. From from the Bruce Willis hatch with the Asian guy who A knows karate and B is the tech master computer genius and C probably has a small penis because otherwise they would have run out of stereotypes for this character. 
Yeah. It's just <laughs> at one point, he's driving down the hallways of the plane. He keeps crashing. Oh! <laughs> all right, we got it. All four. And by the way, to jam the entire radio system of an airplane, you you take a, a computery looking box and you smush it against mm-hmm. any other computery looking box anywhere <laughs> in an airplane. And that's well, how it works. It, it matters how you smush, but yes, that's that. I mean, just play some words with friends. Same effect, right? You turn <laughs> off airplane mode, fucks the whole airplane. Uh, apparently, yep. that's what they'll have us believe anyway. Um, yeah. So the radio goes out and now the pilot's kind of freaking out. He's he calls for the co-pilot to get back your ginger ale or no. At the same time, Eric Roberts notices that the main bad guy is talking to himself, saying mean bad guy cliches and says, "Hmm, maybe something's weird here. Right. So he goes to the air marshal and he's like, hey, um, there's a, a bad guy up there very clearly enacting a plan. He's got an earpiece the size of studio headphones hanging off the side of his head. Do you want to do anything about that? And the guy's like, yeah, sure. I'll check it out. I won't get stabbed in the heart right away. <laughs> Promise. Excuse me, sir. Did you say mwahaha into a Secret Service earpiece? No, no. <laughs> and no. stab. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I want to point out, this is where they like take over the plane and this is 2012 there is literally no way you have a cooperative hostage audience on a plane at this point in time no all right there's like 800 people in this plane three european guys have foldable machine guns i sneezed on the flight to seattle a flight attendant shot me in the head three times (laughs) (laughs) and the and everybody else went well you know he did look a little suspicious he was jewish i think he was jewish he wouldn't stop watching cops. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So and and then they shoot like the, the co-pilot's about to get into the cockpit at this point. Main bad guy gets up, shoots at both the pilot and the co-pilot. How is that part of the plan to I shoot don't... the pilots on an airplane you're flying in? I don't seems like a bad plan. I I don't know. So now it's time for him to try to get into the cockpit for reasons that will never be made clear right he never needs uh, in the cockpit and this is so good so his thing is look he's got the co-pilot outside he's going to torture him try and get the pilot to open the door so he kicks the co-pilot ted who we hate in the thigh where he shot him and he's like mm-hmm. and he immediately goes stop being a whiner which is a weird thing to say <laughs> with someone you're torturing right yeah like when you're torturing someone to get someone inside a door to open it, I feel like you don't be like, ugh, weird. Cut it out. <laughs> yeah, the screams Trying help. To talk. <laughs> They're in your best interest here. Yeah. Yeah. But he goes like, you're not going to die. Gunshots are never fatal in movies unless you're a bad guy. In which case, they always pretty much are. And so he, he says, like, you know, I'm going to torture this guy. No, I'm going to blow up the door. No, I'm going to, you know what? I'm just going to throw everything against the wall and eventually you'll open the cockpit door, I feel like. Right. So his thing is, again... I have a bomb and I'm going to blow open the cockpit door because, you know, it's one of those fronty explosions. Yeah. Can, you, can you do a controlled demolition on an airplane? Is that a smart move? <laughs> well, Ever? Just, not with four one and a quarter pound sticks of C4. That seems excessive. That seems excessive. That's what they're using for the 11, the standard like 11 inch C4 butter sticks. But, but front C4, apparently. <laughs> The, well, yeah, they the don't back camp is it. Just, the back's just flour. Yeah. <laughs> There's a way to do that, but yes, it would require a much, much smaller amount of explosive. Oh, so, you mean not a pallet of C4? <laughs> no. <laughs> not a no. Play-Doh playhouse worth of C4? 
Also, this is where we learn that the pilot was also shot. This will never matter in the movie. Nope. The movie will stop being about this in a minute. So you can go fuck yourself, but so can we. If it makes you feel any better, so can we. Yeah. So meanwhile, the bad guys have checked the whole plane and damn it, they can't find the guy who has the thing that they came to find. Where could he be? Well, he apparently snuck from the trap door that airplanes have in their bathrooms down into the cavernous under dungeon of the airplane. Did he go through the toilet? Is that why I don't I I don't flushes himself down the toilet and just (laughs) appears on the guy's shoulders like international gorillas, just like, ah, yeah, there you go. Two flushes. I learned it in the triple X movie. And this is where our main character and the Asian guy get into the boringest, rolliest, <laughs> punchiest fight ever. Well, to not involve David Aroy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It felt like he was there. Like I like my eye put him into the picture a little bit with little David <laughs> Aroy rolling around. You could see him standing off screen going, "Go. Mm, oh, under, under. Oh, yeah." yeah. <laughs> And at first they don't do karate, and I was like, oh, that's that's weird. They didn't take this opportunity to be racist, but then they do some karate. Yeah, then they do the, Oh, then yeah. they totally do some karate. Is that, yeah. Okay, is that racist that Asian people know karate? Again, that's like a, a positive thing, <laughs> knowing karate. <laughs> Stereotypes in general, positive or negative, tend to be uh, racist, yeah. So, well, if they're, you know, determined by race, Well, it's is. anti-like white people, and I'm allowed to say that. We don't know karate as well, right? <laughs> yeah, it's a compliment it's when like you think about It's like saying the it. N-word. It's the same thing. We're allowed to do it. It's, yeah. It is like that, I guess. We um, take classes in it at the local Y. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently that's a thing. Yeah. So we get this fight. And by the way, this is like, and we've seen this in a lot of these movies. This is the one shot per cut type of fight choreography. At one point, the Asian guy has a knife and he's literally doing the Jim Carrey sketch from In Living Color. They're like, <laughs> straight up and down knife stab. Yeah, yeah. Well, and we get the whole like grabbing the knife, unstabbing trope. Yeah. Oh, yep. Jesus, it's so bad. Also, quick thing. There's a box in this cargo area that's labeled 3.8 liters of Fukushima. <laughs> Weird thing to be back there. Yes. Kind of se- seems dangerous. <laughs> or maybe it's just some dirt. Yeah. So at the same time, the captain is talking to the bad guy so that we don't have to dwell on how bad the fight choreography is. Yep. So we cut to that where he's like, uh, he's the captain's like, I'm not flying this plane into no building. The guy's like, dude, I'm white. This is an Australian. What what the fuck are you thinking? This wrong accent for that. <laughs> he's like oh all right yeah if you just want to take the plane sorry i forgot uh, you know post 2001 plane taking overs thing nervous. way less adorable <laughs> and of course he's like this is where he's going where, where the bad guy's like now you know do what we say i don't want to kill anyone else and at that point they drop the air marshal and the fiance uh, it, yeah. like in sight and apparently the two of them are in a warm embrace yeah, that was a weird, <laughs> weird way they fell he hugged them like he was like, oh, I killed both these people. But you know what? Let's have some fun with it. I'll like pose them together. So reveal them. So why? Everyone, will be, everyone will be like, what were they doing? But no, no, I killed them both separately. I just I like to have fun. I'm a terrorist. But, you know, I have fun. I keep it fun. 
And we see her uh, her ring, her yeah. like arm over the guy. So we see her ring. So that's how we know it, it's her. I wanted I wanted the to, to pilot to the co-pilot to crawl over and be like, so sad that my uh, fiance's dead. I, I guess I'll just take back this diamond. So tragic. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. One second. This. I just got to reach in her purse and get the receipt. <laughs> and let me just delete some pictures off her phone. <laughs> Uh-huh. No, I didn't want to ask her. It was just some guy I do a podcast with just kept making it. It got really awkward. So I. Yeah, uh, exactly. I and then eventually I realized that it was the right time. And I asked her live on air. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Zales. Is this the 91st day? Uh, can I talk to a manager real quick? So yeah. so, yeah. All right. So at this point, the bad guy, the Asian guy at the bottom of the plane um, beats the soldier guy and calls in and he's like, hey, I found the guy we were looking for and I just beat him unconscious. Uh, you want me to do something with him or something? And they're like, no, no. Just, you know, kind of keep an eye on him here and there. Okay. Yep. I feel like I should tie him up. No, don't worry about it. No, don't worry. He'll he'll stay asleep for literally the rest of this movie. Yeah, they, they seem to think so. <laughs> yeah, but then he wakes up and then he wins the same one hit per cut type of fight. He trips him and the Asian guy hits his head and then he's asleep for the rest of the movie. Yep. Yep. This is the last we'll see of this character. Yep. Chad knocks him out with a shin kick. Knocks <laughs> him unconscious with a shin kick to end that fight. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. That's where we went with it. That's where the writer ended. So, yeah. And also, at the, at the same time, the co-pilot is talking to the pilot on the little phone that they have. And he says he's he he wants to give him a subtle code to tell him to maybe bank the airplane in one direction or another so that, uh, you know, like he'll get a tactical advantage in the fight with the guy with the gun. And his code is, I think it's time to shake it up a bit, if you know what I mean. <laughs> That's not code language. No, we all know what you mean, because bad guys hate gravity. He might as well have spelled it in front of him. Uh, <laughs> I think it's probably time for you to S H A K E the P L A I N. I was wondering if you were going to get that. I was wondering if you were going to get that. Ake Shay, the errorist tays. You know what I'm saying? Pilot pay. Well, you could say pilot. Well, all right. It's yeah, but the so the the pilot shakes it up a bit, which of course, when a plane moves, the bad guy stumbles more than the good guys in real life so that's why this makes sense and it doesn't work (laughs) though like he just gets his gun back and we're back where we were before this happened in the movie yeah yeah Uh, well well, right yeah he gets an advantage for a second but then another bad guy shows up and grabs the gun and is like you know there's also that yeah fuck i didn't think about that at which point, the, the bad guy, the main bad guy is like, all right, well, now I'm mad. I didn't realize you were all going to be a bunch of bitches about this. <laughs> at, at which point, he instructs his henchmen to, like, calm everyone down, which they do by wandering through the cabin, pointing guns at people and screaming at them. Yeah, well, and to make it worse, he gets on the radio and he's like, all right, stay calm, everyone. Also, if the pilot does anything, I'll kill you randomly. So, you know, that should calm you down. And there's this great moment right after that. He's like, I'll kill you randomly where they're running through and they're like, oh, stay down, stay down. And one extra, if you if you don't watch this movie, I'll understand. It's on YouTube. One extra keeps screaming way longer than he's supposed to because it's like, stay down, stay down. And one guy in the back is just like, ah, ah, ah. 
for like six <laughs> solid seconds after everyone else in the scene has gone quiet. It's phenomenal. <laughs> so, all right. So now this is where the main bad guy starts to realize that maybe the super soldier guy has woken up and beat up the Japanese kid because he's not answering his uh, radio anymore. So he sends another bad guy down. He's like, hey, go check on Jerry. And the other bad guy's like, yeah, no, we all just go one at a time. That's that's brilliant, man. That now that the he's armed with Jerry's weapons, that we would one at a time go to the place where he is. All right. So help me understand this. Chad, our main character, is hiding like a four-year-old playing hide and seek. Yes. He's literally, he's just <laughs> facing the wall. <laughs> that's it. That is how he is hiding from this bad guy. Yeah, he climbs between these two boxes that, like, clearly you can see between them because that's how we're looking at him. And he's just like, can't see me. And that works. Yeah. Apparently. Yep. He, he drags Jerry, like, out of the lighted area like it's Assassin's Creed, <laughs> yeah. but then into a spotlight. That's that's actually where he's hiding right now. And, and it works. Yeah, well, well, it's almost like like the other bad guy just walked down there, smoked a joint, and came back up. I didn't see shit, man. I don't know where the fuck he is. So, yeah, he goes back up and tells the bad guy, like, Jerry disappeared. He's like, did you look in all the places that would hold a human? And he's like, not even remotely. No, not even man. close. It's like when you ask them to check in the back of a toy store. It's just like, oh, yeah, no, I'll go check in the back. I'm not even the room where it would be. And I'm walking back out. Yeah, no, I checked really hard. And all of those high guys in the back who are terrible at their jobs, they confirmed that we also don't know where that is. <laughs> He's so, back there talking to him. Hey, man, what's going on with you? <laughs> we were, were nice friends. Guys. We were. He was friends with him. So, yeah. So, no. now. I so just now, snap at him. Hey. 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 That got their attention. He did. He did. <laughs> so, now the main bad guy calls the soldier dude on the radio and he's like, oh, you took one of my guys. I'll take one of yours. And, like, to be fair, like. He would win that bet, right? There's a lot more passengers than bad guys. They'd be like, you know, when you're ahead by enough pieces in chess, you can just start trading. Right. Yeah. Oh, and real quick, the bad guy's name here, it's Joseph Pike. I looked it up. I looked it up on IMDb. Did they ever say it? Maybe just tell us in the movie. No, I don't <laughs> think they do. Yeah. So, all right. So this is where the guy's got to kill someone as revenge for him knocking Jerry out. So he kills the journalist chick. But then... Then he sends her down in the dumbwaiter as a yes. threat. I wrote in my notes, oh no, don't send me a dead woman's body. Also, oh God. Don't send down some mayo packets. Whatever you do. Christ, I'm just saying that move wouldn't work on me. I'd be like, ha joke's on you. Really? Open the dumbwaiter that I just sent up. And he's like, oh, fuck, mate. No. No, we're getting off the plane. This is not, all right, this is fucking, no. No. No, <laughs> yuck, yuckers. So, um, and and then the terrorist tells him, "I'm going to kill this woman that I apparently know that you're in love with if you don't come up in three seconds." How? It seems like you give him more time. Does he have to he's climb down, up a dumbwaiter? He's got to like he's got to take a body out of the dumbwaiter that he right? was maybe fucking, yeah. and then send himself <laughs> back up, like using a pulley. He, and he does this all in two seconds. He's like, oh, he I'm here. literally I'm here. two seconds. He's like one, and he's like, I'm here, and he's like, wow. 
God. Jesus. That was, where were you? Literally behind you. That is the only place I could have been. All right, I guess I'll knock you out with my gun. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, I guess if the first half of this movie was any indicator, this is probably going to represent the only chance we get to take a break without cutting in the middle of a fucking conversation because everything up to this point has been one long scene. So we're going to pause for a moment. But first, let me give Act 3 the hard sell here. Will the bad guys get the thing in time? Who are the bad guys again? And why do they want the thing? Find out that there are no answers to these questions and more when we return for the suddenly a completely different movie conclusion of The Mark. You know my price. I, I do. And I'll need 500,000 pounds in operating expenses. I'm, I'm sorry, what? I don't negotiate. Okay, I mean, it's just like, <laughs> you're stealing a, a microchip. Why on earth would Decoy. you Decoy. Plane. What? Decoy plane. I lure him into a second plane full of actors. Oh, okay. Uh, all right. And and then you and then you take the chip. Nah, teasy, teasy. We fake a crash into an Olympic swimming pool of mint condition bony babies. What? Why would you? And that is when we hire Bono to play Gloria. You know, I think we're we're gonna go with another firm, hedge mice. <laughs> and we're back for more of this shit. When we last left our hero, he got knocked the fuck out. Which means before we can get back to the action, we have to go through yet another. Damn it! We need to make ninety minutes flashback of parts of the movie we've already watched. Woo! <laughs> yep. So like, last week on. This movie was <laughs> they were 45 minutes long and our really, audience really, is stupid people. Really yeah. counting on that TV playtime. Really counting on yeah. it. <laughs> Stick some commercials in this. We can almost get two hours. Yeah. And the key to this flashback, by the way, again, which is all shit we've already seen in the movie, is he needs to open his heart to Jesus between now and the end of this film. Uh-huh. He wakes up and the bad guy goes and look, look, listen to this terrible line. <laughs> I have it on good authority. You have that which I am looking for. Oh, <laughs> what a terribly written script. All of this script feels like a very good ESL student's first try. <laughs> it's like, huh? What do you think? Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty, pretty close to English. <laughs> <laughs> That's the, honestly should be the tagline for this film. You know, the mark. Pretty, pretty close to English. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but the, but here's the thing. These idiots are looking for an implantable fucking chip. And they're like, yeah, we looked in your pockets. Where the fuck is it, man? We searched your entire exterior body and found <laughs> not this inserted chip anywhere. Where is it, motherfucker? <laughs> Right, to which he responds, it's not in my luggage, it's in me. And I wrote the Eli Bosnick story. <laughs> yes. <laughs> also occasionally the no illusions story, you know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so they're like, mm, well, I guess we're just going to have to chop your arm off. And this is when Eric Roberts stands up and throws some motherfucking science at these people. No, it's, it's, a, it's biometric. It's fueled by... Biometric! Um, it's not fu- not what biometric means, means. Nope. Which means it's fueled by his blood supply. Nope. It's like a little no. car in his veins, <laughs> and if it runs out of blood fuel, 
it will release a neurotoxin yes. into his blood supply, Why? which will kill him. Why? And what's, a, <laughs> uh, what's amazing is not just that, but like Chad isn't supposed to know. So Chad's like, oh, Eric, oh, <laughs> side effect, bro. <laughs> and and the bad guy, uh, what's his name? Joe Pike. He gets so frustrated here. He's like, all right, well, fuck. I wanted to. Wanted to come back here. Bad guy huddle. Bad guy huddle. <laughs> and uh, yeah, for the rest of the movie, it's pretty much a bad guy huddle. Okay. For can, the bad guys. I, 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 cannot, I have to at least acknowledge what the word biometric means. Right? Because that's what he says. He's like, nope, you can't do that. That chip is biometric. Accord the dictionary seems to think that that means of or relating to the statistical analysis of biological data. A biometric chip would be something that, like, measured your blood pressure and shit. Yeah, related to biometry, which is also a word <laughs> that's a real thing. You can't just or make up. capable of showing the movie Biodome starring Polly Short. <laughs> <laughs> they got, you got that. closer. Right between you and the writer of this movie, you got closer to the definition right there. Jesus. All right. So the main bad guy says, all right, it's time for plan B. We're going to have to kidnap this guy and bring him to the boss with the chip still inside him, which means they're going to need the plane to descend 5,000 feet <laughs> so they can jump out of it. It's it's like they watched all the movies about airplanes and hijacking and, and wrote down everything they noticed, but they never noticed like acting or plot or <laughs> snakes or any of the good fucking things. You just had a whiteboard with get off my planes in like a bunch of different colors, <laughs> a bunch of crossed out stuff. Sets? Question mark? Crossed out. <laughs> Audio? Crossed out. <laughs> Um, yeah, and so the and the soul and the pilot, you know, like since they got so pissed off at him that they started shooting people the last time he started moving the plane around, um, he says, "Hey, five thousand feet, there's going to be crazy turbulence." And the bad guy says in another great piece of dialogue, "Well, then you better start praying." The fuck does that even mean? I don't know. That's not a response to turbulence. <laughs> not yeah. really. No. So then they make everybody on the plane put blankets over their heads. Yes. Why? So they can't. So they can't see what? What's happening? I don't fucking know. Uh, but this does answer the old gypsy riddle. What is less intimidating than Eric Roberts having a whisper fight with his fellow passengers under a blanket? The answer: nothing. Nothing, nothing in the world yes, exactly. is less intimidating than Eric Roberts being like, "You grab the guy." No, you grab the guy. Fuck you, nine B. Put your blanket back on. <laughs> stop stealing the elbow rest. You stop. You stop. <laughs> so, yeah. So Eric Roberts whisper fights with the guy across the aisle from him who is apparently one of the good guys. <laughs> or is he just a random passenger? No idea. Okay. So, yeah. But he whispers to him, hey, we're going to have to take over the plane and kill the bad guys. And the guy's like, yeah, okay. Yep, he is the first to think of 80 people versus four people with guns might work out in our favor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then Eric Roberts is like, no, nah, we can't ask the other passengers. None of them speak English. <laughs> yes. Really? Yes, that's really what he said. I wanted a bunch of them to be like, we can all hear you in your stupid whisper fight. That's not. That's nothing, and that's weirdly racist. We're on the way to Germany. Pretty sure some of us speak English, you dumb fuck. Yeah, so we're on Earth. It's a pretty good chance. We're on an airplane where all people can afford to be on an airplane, there's a pretty good chance there's some English speakers since that's the language they're using for the announcements. 
Jesus Christ. Yeah, okay. So now it's time for a little good guy versus bad guy dialogue. And I just wrote in my notes as this scene started, like, wow, with a masterful wordsmith like they've got here, I can hardly fucking wait. <laughs> oh, and it's so, literally, there's one, he's like, you must feel like a big man. He just points the gun and he's like, all right, never mind, fine, fine. <laughs> And by the way, Joe Pike, the bad guy, he holds the gun at a 45. So not all the way turned like gangster style. Yeah. And not, yeah. Is that like a mixed race thing? You think, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. you think he's halvesies? Well, it must be. We need so, Sean King to hold a gun. <laughs> <laughs> so now we get Eric Roberts and his buddy fight one of the hijackers to death. But they to like. death. They like solid snake fight him. They're like, oh, what's over there? Boink! Sweet. And then they, have to <laughs> they might as well put like sunglasses on him and a Hawaiian shirt. Like, ah, he's sleeping. All right. <laughs> All right. Puts on the bad guy hat. No, I'm one of you guys. Remember me from the place? <laughs> also, I want to point out at this point, we get a pan and there's a David A.R. White movie on, on the plane. Yep. It's the best. The least realistic part of on. the movie so far. They kept the movie. Royal Thai Airlines is playing a David A. Yes. Yeah, exactly. On the way to Berlin from Bangkok. (laughs) Yep. So, all right. So now the other bad guys are wanting to figure out what happened to the guy who Eric Robertson and the uh, random character that was next to him beat up. And I'm curious what happened to him, too. We never see. Is he just laying there in the aisle now? They swallowed him. They. (laughs) (laughs) No bad guy here. So, so yeah so they send another bad guy back and eric roberts is like oh i'm all covered in blood i can't distract this guy you have to do it guy next to me so he distracts him with the old i've got a pee trick right and he's he's just like <laughs> i gotta take mr poopers i'm sorry what <laughs> i gotta drop some kids off in the pool i i you, can you actually just sit back down <laughs> Well, I love to because the, the the main bad guy comes back and he's like, "What's his problem?" And he's like, "He's got to he's got to take a wee, man." And 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 the actor tries his damnedest to say, "Oh, he has to go to the bathroom with an evil voice," but you can't say those words and sound evil. It was not for a lack of trying, though. Kudos to the actor. Ah, uh, gotta drain the lizard, eh? I'll drain your lizard. This is so fucking stupid. <laughs> I was in The Expendables. How did I end up in this movie? Do we need banter now? Can we? Not- All right. Just, the- no, we need a fight scene now, goddammit. And what we really need is a fight scene that is randomly joined by a sweaty fat man. Surprise, fat guy! <laughs> okay. Yep. I, it needs to be emphasized how beautiful this is. So oh the my passengers, God. he shoots the guy who wanted to go to the bathroom, and the passengers are all like, riot, and they all jump up. And surprise, fat guy floats out of nowhere. Like, he might as well descend from the ceiling on wires and literally does a, like, bring it on, motherfucker, to the bad guy and kicks the ever-loving shit out of him. He's not just, like, a helpful guy. He knows kung fu. He's like, whoa! It's like, now that I've finished my blue potato chips, I guess it's time to kick some ass. <laughs> and he's already sweating oh my just God. profusely like at this he's point trying through to catch his shirt. A train. Like <laughs> like me and Andrew after speed eating ribs in a hot van <laughs> in North Carolina. I seriously I looked over at Andrew at one point. We were like just both sweating violently. Like <laughs> poor kids were running next to us during the summer. It was, 
And Heath was making friends of him. He was like, hey, what's your deal, man? You want to hang out? Come with us. So you're allowed to talk to me. Jumping, huh? That sounds fun. I love jumping. So, yeah, the fat guy who very clearly was the highest backer on Kickstarter or something, you know, (laughs) or or, like, you know what this was? I thought like this is the target audience, right? The target audience for this movie is some enormously overweight guy who says things like, man, if one of them Muslims ever tried to take over a plane, I was on, I'd kick their ass, even though they've never been on a plane. Oh, my God. That's what this is. Yeah, he's You're the analog right. of the audience in the movie suddenly. You know that someone <laughs> gave him like a, a hoist yourself up on your rascal ovation when he got up and just like, <laughs> oh man, I can't do no standing, but oh, if, if I had prayed hard enough, I'd be on my feet for you right now, brother. Yeah, get her done. Get her done. If this guy had gotten shot and his last words had been get her done, this would be the greatest movie of all time. <laughs> it's awful close. All right, so so the main character kills one of the other bad guys. Um, the fat guy subdues bad guy Prime, mm-hmm. but the guy that the main character kills sets off a bomb before he dies that has 10 seconds on it. Why and why did he have that? <laughs> why the display? Why does it always have to have yeah, a display? Right? <laughs> Just to have it go off. You're a bad guy. You want to blow up now. <laughs> So the uh, Chad, the main character, tosses the bomb into a garbage chute, which means journalist lady is everywhere now. And the plane starts to rapidly lose altitude. Oh, no. What's going to happen? You may ask. Unless you've watched a lot of Christian movies, you will never get that right. Yeah, because you're wrong if you didn't guess all the Christians on the plane will disappear. <laughs> it's <laughs> the goddamn rapture. Rapture time. The screenwriter yep. was like, oh, right, Christian movie. And then all the Christians disappear. Lunch break. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't like tell you right away. Like if I hadn't seen 10 of these terrible movies, this yes. whole scene is nonsense. Right. They're just like walking through and seeing clothes in seats and and they should be folded by the way if we're going to be accurate all the clothes should be folded yeah that's true that's true that's how i've seen it done um but also like apparently part of the rapture is that the exploding plane stops flying erratically too right like like the explosion that just went off on the airplane they're on suddenly doesn't matter anymore oh you know while he was there you could say that jesus took the wheel (laughs) <laughs> I guess stick. Now we should also point out that the pilot who we've seen throughout the movie like hiding in the cockpit all by himself we've established that he's a Christian so they don't know that yet because the door they haven't been able to get into the cockpit yet but he also would have been raptured mm-hmm. so now just to be clear this movie is about them trying to get into the cockpit Yes. Yeah. The bad guys up to this point will never do anything else. This is the, yeah, they're in the timeout now. Yes. The timeout begins now and ends in the very last scene of the movie. So this movie is now about our main characters trying to get inside the locked cockpit just for those following along for the time being. Yes. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. (laughs) So now, okay. Now that they've gotten the bad guys all subdued, main character runs into Eric Roberts and he's like, Hey, you injected me with a neurotoxin and punches him on the face. 
Eric Roberts spends the rest of the scene holding the other side of his face. Uh, Does I he? Yes. Just once, I would like someone in a movie to get punched and react like a human who's been punched. Just like, oh, oh, <laughs> oh, you're crying. Oh, no, no, <laughs> get away. No, I don't want to get you back. I'm telling mom. I'm not going to get you back. So... Yeah, so they, so they discuss, like, what was this chip? And he's like, it's as the power to save the world. It's a symbol of freedom. It's We can't really go into details. Platitudes is really all I've got yeah. to describe <laughs> okay. it. And then we go back to the cabin for a little bit, and everybody's freaking out about the missing people. Yeah. And they're looking at, why are they looking? Like, they're going to find missing family members in the overhead compartment. Right? And, like, <laughs> under the seat, they're, like, checking for people. I, again, again, something we've seen in every one of these fucking movies. When your loved one disappears while you're looking at them and their clothes are still there, you start going, I wonder where they went. Perhaps it's under the chair. They're like patting their pockets. No. Yeah. Cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> what? Cell phone, keys, no wife, no wife. And also, okay, this will be the first of about 43 times for the rest of this movie where they basically say, yes, we know we're ripping off left behind. Right, because people keep saying stuff like, huh, there's nothing but piles of clothes left Left behind. (laughs) We are the only ones that are remaining now. (laughs) (laughs) Remaining now. (laughs) And of course, this is where the good guy finds a cross, like a, a, a cross necklace on one of the piles of clothes. And he's like, oh, no, all the people who had disappeared were Christians. It's time for me to have another goddamn flashback. And this is my favorite it's part of the amazing, movie. It's amazing, yeah. So he flashes back to, to, to the Christian brother again. And the brother's like uh, t- talking to him about, you know, theology or whatever. He's like, hey, well, when the time comes, God will reveal his plan to you. Blam! And he gets hit by yes. a car. Mm-hmm. I, I almost vomited. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I had to take a walk in the middle of the night to calm down. <laughs> There was a spot in this movie that was like that for me. We haven't gotten to it yet. But yes, the flashback, apparently the flashback he's been having about having dinner with his brother. That was the night his brother died by getting ha- uh, hit by a car. <laughs> That's but they, how God revealed his plan yeah, to him. <laughs> and, and the way they revealed this to us was the most comic way possible, right? Yeah. Just like, oh, bro, don't worry. God will figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm never gonna die. No. <laughs> so amazing. <laughs> so, like just, a little twelve-year-old girl just comes out and shoots him in the face. <laughs> you know what this is for. So, just when nobody can figure out what the fuck is going on with Act Three, the minister speaks up. Right, and he's like, "Do you remember me from earlier in the movie?" Um, just want to say this very natural line: "Good works are not enough." <laughs> okay, bye bye. I preached it for years, but I never fully accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Yes. Again, in all of these movies, I have to emphasize this, right? Being a good person doesn't count. It is only about being a Christian. Not even those two things in conjunction. Yeah. This is a very anti Catholic stance they felt like they had to take here, too. Right. Distinguish. Fucking weird. <laughs> 2012 years later, they're like, fuck the Pope. (laughs) (laughs) 
So I love, okay, and Eric Roberts here kind of steps in as everybody's arguing about, are you sure it was the Christian apocalypse? Because we're, we're, we're mostly Muslim on this plane. So Eric Roberts steps in and he's like, hey, guys, look, we need to land this plane. Let's not bicker about who raptured who until mm-hmm. we're on the fucking ground. So Soldier Boy and, and, and Eric uh, Roberts decide to go discuss how they're going to get into the cockpit. And that guy is just a part of the movie now. Yes. Like he's part of the planning committee. He's like, <laughs> I want to blow the door. And fat guy's like, what if we eat the door? <laughs> well, it's so good. Yes. Fat guy's like, I got an idea. I got an idea. And uh, well, in my experience here, nobody listens. And everyone's like, take a shower. But <laughs> this guy pops up. He's got a big idea. And they just literally ignore him they, yes. entirely. It's like, I got a better suggestion. Pause. <laughs> two, three, four. And then Dow's like, there might be another way, though. And then they're like, oh, oh, you're much thinner than him. What did you not, have in mind? He does not say another word. No, no. Like they, they, they have this whole thing where he stands <laughs> up and he's like, I've got an idea. Everyone ignores him. We never find out what that idea was. We never return to it. It's not like once this fails, he's going to go. It's time to go with my idea, guys, which is what I expected. No, we will never acknowledge this again. Nope. He just right. sits back in his chair, turns to his seat. Mate, my idea, by the way, in case you were wondering. Oh, you're asleep. All right. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah now the the plan that the stewardess has there's a secret hatch to get into the door that you have to climb through the secret tunnels and you have to turn that bookcase around that heath was talking about earlier or whatever with the candlestick but she's gonna guide him through with a little book she has that explains it it's so stupid why wouldn't she just go down yeah. with the little book he's like are you guiding with him just come down here or give me the map why wouldn't you just give me the map yeah one or the other i like using the walkie talkie all right it's all it's all recorded it's all covered in reporter down there i don't want (laughs) to nice skirt messy and so she's now she's on the walkie talkie with him and she's going okay so there should be uh like a, a giant hole in the airplane. Feel around with your hands for a gaping hole in the airplane that we're flying in at 500 miles an hour. Do you, do you notice anything? Slight slight feel for that? No? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, but instead he comes across the secret bulkhead that would get him in, except it's been jammed shut by the explosion. Yeah. To which he's like, eh, it's jammed shut. To which... Uh, fat guy's like, I will tear the steel apart with my bare hands. (laughs) I feel like what happened with fat guy is he was just an extra. And like that morning he lost his wife and he was like, you should go home. And he's like, no, 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 I can't. I can't. But then nobody could say no to him for the rest of the day. They just felt really bad. And they're like, we're going to have to have this in the movie now, guys. Man, we made him buy two seats. (laughs) I'm bad about that. So, yeah. So fat guy comes to the rescue. And this is my favorite moment in the history of anything ever. Okay, so the, they're trying to pry this bulkhead open. And the main character can't quite get it. So Fat Guy's going to give it a try. The sound effect they're going for here is prying. But what I heard was farting. <laughs> so what happened for me in this moment is the fat guy comes down into this very crammed compartment with three other guys. And he says, here, let me give it a try. Splays himself way out and <laughs> farts for a solid, like one squeaky long fart that lasts for 18 seconds. <laughs> yes, that's exactly the sound. 
<laughs> Dude, did you just shit yourself? Can you tell? God awful movies, man. Check it out. Great podcast. Just listen to God awful movies. <laughs> he told me to. I thought this guy was gonna put the door in his mouth and pull out just a chicken bone. <laughs> so large it's great he's like he's arm angle fat he's got like so much man boot and like man side boobs that his arms hang naturally at a crazy 45 it's it's the best (laughs) so yeah they're prying with all their heart it's not quite getting it she's listening on the radio and since it sounds like a big gay orgy going down she's like what's going on down there eric roberts meanwhile is dying to blow up the plane he's in oh god Eric Roberts is that guy who instantly wants to get in a fight with that other table at Denny's. Like you're, yes. you're all just there and he's like, Look at that. let's fuck those. All right. Can you let it go? Can we like see how the night goes a little Eric Roberts before we use a bomb? Yeah. I mean, every time anybody says anything, he's just like, I, I say we blow up the door with his four sticks of C4 over here. So, but they can't pry it open. Damn it. So now it's time to have the, you know, whatever the fat guy wisdom moment in the movie. Yep. <laughs> and I just, I just want to be clear. The action climax right now of this movie is the mechanical advantage of a crowbar working or not. Yes. Just like Seth Andrews doing the trailer, like in a world where a, <laughs> a lever and a fulcrum mean everything. <laughs> <laughs> Torque equals force times lever arm. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, my God. So and also, so the fat guy opens this scene by turning to the main character and saying, you've had a rough day, partner. I'm like, who on this plane is not having a rough day? It seems kind of petty to compare it, but I feel like the guy who got shot in the leg and his fiance was murdered kind of wins. One (laughs) one teenage girl listening to her book on tape. Mm, 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 Best flight ever. So, yeah, so fat guy is convinced that it was the rapture. The minister's also down there. We already know how he feels. This is yet another uh, opportunity for them to say it was the rest of us that were uh, left behind again. Yep. Yeah. And the minister literally says this. He goes, look, this is impossible. And it must have been God because only God can do the impossible. I want Chris Angel to rise out of the floor. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I'm going to pierce my nipples on this airplane door. Chris, this is not what we look at him. (laughs) Look at him. I'm a weird douche from Jersey. Yeah. Look at me. Every guy from Jersey somehow now a magician. <laughs> yeah. 1990s called. They want the state of New Jersey back. Yeah. <laughs> so, and this is also, by the way, the moment when Soldier Boy gets his faith back. <laughs> right. And because of that, he's got an idea. They can do it if they all work together. So, yeah, they decide to, to use faith now that's the new plan uh-huh so <laughs> radios back to dow the, the stewardess lady's like okay we're going in and she announces to everybody all excited she's like they can do it now like what they haven't done anything they've decided they to dis- use faith <laughs> we're all good yeah what <laughs> seth comes back on correction torque equals force times lever arm plus faith 
And their faith, by the way, is just to battering ram it with Heath's suitcase. That's what happens to your back, by the way. If we figure <laughs> <laughs> smashing Heath's suitcase against the door. Hope this guy doesn't keep his microphones in here. <laughs> <laughs> Heath's bag was destroyed at the airport, and we found was, it very it amazing because it brand was brand new. new. They fucked and up it was the zipper obvious. too. They tried to fix it by like zipping one tiny corner of it, and they were like, "Great, <laughs> throw it on the thing." <laughs> yes. Such bullshit. I actually think I fixed it with some pliers. I actually like ran, like smashed the zipper back into like approximately. Surprised you didn't be. climb on the treadmill, go make friends with them. Just be like, hey, who messed with my bag? Let's talk this out, fellas. <laughs> Brian, Alan, <laughs> come on. <laughs> you remember that picnic basket I brought back earlier? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so they rammed the door open. So now it's time for main character guy to, to crawl down a long, another long tunnel. Because, you know, there are several in airplanes um, and she's talking him through it again at this point, And this is so amazingly stewardess. I don't think they did this on purpose, but coming from the profession of people that explain to you how belt buckles work for a living. I love her description of how to turn a door handle at this point. Right. <laughs> you twist the handle that you'll see it's red. And when it's all the way twisted, you'll just push up. That's literally what she, yeah, like I said, I don't, if they'd done that on purpose, it would have been brilliant comedy, but they didn't. <laughs> but unfortunately, the hatch won't budge for reasons that we will never explain. Right. But he's going to spray it with the liquid. Hear me, hear the words that I'm saying as a full grown adult. <laughs> Please. He's, he's going to detach the liquid nitrogen that keeps the computer on the airplane cool and spray it at the hatch, which will make it easier to open. What? <laughs> and also, uh, kind of scared by this. Th they can't keep the navigation computers on an airplane cool enough without liquid nitrogen? They're at 30,000 feet. Maybe a fan? <laughs> I, maybe just it's really fucking cold. Let some air in from 30,000 yeah, feet somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Also, I love to at this point while he's trying to figure out what to do, he looks over and he likes he sees the, the, the computer that was smooshed into the other computer. And he goes, I think I found a radio jamming system. How the fuck would you know that? Right. Or a Nintendo DS that fell. <laughs> <laughs> Who the fuck knows? It's one of those two things, though. And also, so he's like, I think I'm going to use this liquid nitrogen to punch through the door because that's how doors work. And the co-pilot is like, dude, that's too dumb even for this movie. You can't just unplug shit from underneath an airplane while it's flying. And yeah, can you freeze a door open? Is that a thing? Yeah, you can I do? guess. What he does, by the way, the, the pilot yeah. is like, whatever you do, don't unplug the liquid nitrogen. He unplugs the liquid nitrogen, which makes the plane start to sink. Why? Right? Because the because the airplane is a, a balloon full of liquid nitrogen, apparently. <laughs> and he's, he's letting it all out. And he sprays it in the door, and then he just plugs it back in. Literally, he's just like, all right, done with that. And then the plane goes level. The plane goes back up. Now that yes. the liquid nitrogen is circulating. What the fuck? Like, so when the computers get hot, the, they nosedive the plane. The computers are programmed to do that. And then when they get cool again, they flatten it out. That's the software? I guess. Oh, shit. Yeah, right. And like, yeah, because you know how it is that I wonder what happens when I disconnect. This method always works when you're on a fucking airplane. So he reconnects the cooling system and now the Door is cold enough for him to open. 
He doesn't like, he, it's not like he's going to punch through it, right? It's not like it's going to get so brittle and frozen that he's just going to punch his way through it. It's just now super cold so he can open it. He just made it yeah. smaller by the, <laughs> the contraction <laughs> of the, really? Who <laughs> knows? So this is where he drops his walkie-talkie and Dow, the flight attendant, starts to deliver a monologue about how much she likes him. Like, he's like, oh, I just want you to know, Chad, I always really like you, and I think you're super cool, and, like, I love your hair, and I don't think your forehead's too big, and what those people said wasn't nice on that podcast, so... (laughs) Who is now decided, like, well, he's dead, is going to blow up the door, right? Yes. He's going to blow up the door. This is literally what he says. He says, all right, I'll set it for two minutes. In three, <laughs> two, <laughs> yes, and then he opens the door. He's like, "No, don't set the timer for two minutes. I'll Why set the be- timer for two minutes. In three, two, no, that's 120." 120- 119. No, they don't even get there. They don't even get to that. No, and that's the other thing is it's supposed to be suspenseful with him crowding down the three, two, one. But yeah, you'd still have two fucking minutes. Jesus, people. Which, of course, you could tell because of the giant digital displays that they have on all bombs. Yeah, so the main character has managed to get into the frozen cockpit. Um, They have the radio now. So now all the characters that we know can go into the cockpit together and listen to rapture post rapture radio. Yep. That's not a podcast, by the way, that's what's going on. Um, and also at this point, he tells everybody, Oh, by the way, while I was down there, you know, freezing this door open, I found a bomb that will explode. If the plane goes below 3000 feet, <laughs> so it's, it's speed, but with height, it's height. It's height. It's a new movie yes, now. That's the movie. <laughs> yes. The movie is now about a plane that cannot go below a certain height. But that's okay because it will instantly be dismissed. The robot is just like, oh, yeah, just throw it the fuck out of the plane. And they're like, yeah, that's a great idea, actually. Why didn't we think of that? So, yeah. So they have to throw it out of the back door that opens in the plane. Um, but how will they get it past all the passengers without them freaking out? That's the new drama is like rolling a very small bomb device inside the drink cart. So nobody pan like nobody would people would not help with getting rid of the bomb here. They'd freak out and block them. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. You'd think you could go like, okay, guys, bad news. There's a bomb on the plane. Good news. We're about to throw it out of the plane. (laughs) We have several minutes to do that. I wanted her so badly to be walking through the aisle just like, uh, cookies, drinks. Oh, do you have any bombs left? Ooh, no, don't. <laughs> I could totally see you have a bomb left. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not allowed to give those out. It's for the next flight. God, this is so, bu- just re- getting more bombs when you're in between flights. I need the bomb. I'll pay. Also, <laughs> this is where like the, the, the movie seems to remember at least for a brief second, that the main bad guy is still alive. He's not <laughs> tied up or anything. He's just sitting there sulking. Yeah, like so literally mean. Indian style. Oh, My plot didn't go the way I wanted it to, and now the movie's been about four different things that weren't about me. It's amazing. That shot of him. <laughs> and also, so as the uh, main character's wandering through, right, he's about to throw the plane out. The minister stops him and says, hey, just in case you hadn't figured this out yet from the 
cover art and everything. That chip inside you is the mark of the beast. And he literally, he stands up and goes, I know this sounds crazy and I want him to be like, but I have a lot of plastic silverware in my butt right now. A lot. (laughs) (laughs) There is no plastic silverware anywhere on this plane, but inside me. (laughs) All right. Have a good time throwing that bomb out the plane. (laughs) So, yeah. So, okay. So Eric Robert, Soldier Boy and the Stewardess Lady are about to throw the bomb and I, I love to Eric Roberts part of this seems to be to be snarky. Yep. Right. Like that's the function that he serves here is just to like, you know, throw out a little shade as they're tossing the bomb out. Right. They toss the bomb out and he's like, you guys make a good team. And he's like, uh, all right. Thank thank you. <laughs> Why Seems are you like here? Could have helped too. And now the plot of the movie changes again. <laughs> yep. Because that was too easy. <laughs> Right, so Chad's like, "All right, I'm gonna jump out of the plane now because I don't, I don't want you to bring this microchip to Germany." And Eric Roberts is like, "I'm a bad guy, and I'm yes. on the same side as the guys who have been killing us throughout the movie." But what? Yeah, this is right. a revelation. I. <laughs> yeah. So right. So he also has a gun, uh, apparently. And he's threatens to kill the girl if she doesn't throw all the parachutes out of the plane right now. But just then, the plane turns, and as we learned earlier, good guys get a tactical advantage over bad guys with guns when planes turn. So now it's time to fight. Right. Yep. And you get the exact kind of fight scene you expect when you can't afford a stuntman for your 66-year-old bad guy. Yeah, and you know what's an exciting weapon for a fight scene here? What's that? Um, laptop bag, I would say. <laughs> yeah. would be a good one. So they Nobody use that. pushes a laptop bag into the chest of Eric Roberts. Roll, <laughs> roll, punch, roll, roll, punch. So, <laughs> they might as well do the stabbing thing with the laptop bag for a second. <laughs> Look at these zipper compartments. Look at them. <laughs> so after about 110 seconds of their best impersonation of me and Heath doing an impersonation of a sex scene. <laughs> she grabs the gun. Yeah. Cause she's just still there. No one's accounted for her. And she's like, everybody resolve the plot. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah. So, and then he takes the gun and he's about to shoot Eric Roberts, but he just can't bring himself to do it. So he knocks him unconscious with the gun but then he wakes up pretty much immediately afterwards to warn them that his guys are going to be waiting for him at the airport no matter what. Yeah, and I'll tell you, if you jump out of this plane, she's going to jail. He's like uh, assisting a, a fugitive, attacking a government agent. And it's like, are you part of the government? I thought you were Avante. No, I'm a... Now I'm a government. It's... <laughs> Don't jump out of the plane. Which which government? Which government? We're in Germany. Or actually, no, the plane turned back to Thailand too. That's the other thing too. He's like, my guys are waiting for you at the at the airport. And they're like, really? Because the they turned the plane around. It's not landing where they your guys expected it to. Yeah, and we don't have a radio to tell them about it. But if the computer gets hot, then it goes to America, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a weird computer system. So, yeah, so now because the, they only have one parachute. Now the two of them have to parachute out together, him and the and the stewardess. Mm-hmm. And Eric Roberts is like, I will find you in the sequel, motherfucker. And then they jump out of the plane. 
Can you, but they share one parachute and he just like with his arms grabs her and holds her through the parachute release. Like, could you do that? Oh yeah, no, I'm sure that would be easy to hold a 140 pound woman as you were parachuting. Yeah, no, I'm sure that would be no problem. They, they, the weight doesn't really matter for parachutes as it turns oh, out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, so now, and also by the way, the main bad guy who was sitting Indian style all mopey earlier comes down to where Eric Roberts is at this point and he's like, you lost him, didn't you? As if to say that the two of these guys have been in on it together the whole time. Right? Yep. Yep. So his plan was to kill the other guys that were trying to do... Why did they just... If Eric Roberts already had him and they wanted him, why would they have to do anything? That's what the 500,000 euros was for. I guess. <laughs> That's why he got so confused by the biometric thing, and he got started saying, "Dude, I thought you were on my team. That made sense, what, though." What's now going my on? Tag back. <laughs> so, all right, so the whole plan. Now we get one more scene with the Antichrist. Mm-hmm. You know, this is where the 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 head of the world calls him and asks if he'd like to be the head of the world. Basically, right? Would you like to be the Antichrist? Ooh, um, can I have a weekend to think about it? Yeah, no, <laughs> absolutely. Take the take the week. Come check out the office. It's nice. <laughs> Yeah. And the bad guy literally looks, this is how little this movie makes sense. Cause the movie was like, Oh shit, that dragon thing from the beginning. So the bad guy looks into the middle distance and he's like, the dragon stood on the shore of the sea. Yep. <laughs> just, <laughs> just like today. <laughs> I wanted one of the TVs to show a dragon at the beach. Just like, Oh, water's cold. <laughs> <laughs> No. But meanwhile, we, we cut back to Chad and Dow who are suspended in front of a green screen with a fan on. I mean, parachuting down into <laughs> Thailand. And she asks at this point, this is so fucking bizarre to me. She turns to him and she goes, why didn't you kill Eric Roberts with that gun? And his answer isn't because I'm not a fucking monster, you evil bitch. Why would you wonder about that? <laughs> I want her to do that for the entire sequel. Just like, why didn't you kill that woman who served us at that Starbucks? All right, this is I should have gotten to know you better before I jumped out of a plane with you. This is weird. <laughs> yeah, but his answer instead is because only Christians don't kill people. And I'm Christian now. Credits. All right. So of the many disappointing aspects of this movie is that despite its poster and the fucking title and the credits, UPC symbols never came up as bullshit. I was ready for good conspiracy theory (laughs) and I got nothing. But clearly the Christian marketeers have recognized the amazing levels of crossover between conspiracy theorists and people who watch their dumbass movies. So to close up the review tonight, I thought I'd ask you this. What conspiracy theory would you most like to see undergirding a Christian movie? Oh, uh, all right. I'm going to say uh, it's called Top Spin and Bottom Spin, the Comet Ping Pong story. <laughs> oh, I like it. Maybe a little false flag that got some presidential attention. Sandy hooked on phonics. The truth is out there. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. They didn't actually kill those kids. It was just a fire drill. And then they, it was actually a secret government training facility that they built an elementary yeah, school. I, I don't want to get into it here. And, on, well, that does it for our review of the Mark One Sentence Too Late. That's not going to do it for the episode just yet because we still need to get y'all fired up for next week. So, Eli, tell us what's on deck. Noah's on vacation. Heath and Eli. <laughs> Woo! 
Right in races. Yeah, no, I won't be here to um to keep anything from being said. Who the fuck knows what's gonna happen? But what movie will you guys be breaking down? The Mark II Redemption. We might mention it once or twice. No guarantees. Mostly fart noises. A lot of enemies lists are going to get read out loud. <laughs> We're going to workshop a lot of hats off to Botswana. We're going to workshop the shit out of that. Get ready. And All some right. race stuff. Some race if you If you don't like the race stuff, <laughs> next week, just We are going to rank the shit out of some races. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Chinese people. Six minute episode <laughs> to look forward to. Are we going to go one with... All right. No, we'll get to it for next week. We'll get to it next Absolutely. week. Absolutely. You think they're the best? I don't want to spoil it. So, so with that ultimately nine-minute fully edited episode to look forward (laughs) to, we're going to bring episode 101 to a merciful close. Once again, a huge thanks to all the Patreon donors that help make the show go. If you'd like to count yourself among their ranks, you can make a per-episode donation at patreon.com slash godawful and thereby earn early access to an ad-free version of every episode. You can also help us a ton by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes and by sharing the show on all your various social media platforms. And if you enjoyed this show, be sure to check out our sibling shows, The Scathing Atheist, The Skeptocrat, and Citation Needed, available on iTunes and wherever else podcasts live. If you have questions, comments, or cinematic suggestions, you can email godawfulmovies at gmail.com. Legal service for this podcast are provided by the law offices of P. Andrew Torres. Our theme song was written and performed by Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. All other music was written and performed by our audio engineer Morgan Clark and was used with permission. Thanks again for giving us a chunk of your life this week. For Heath Enright and Eli Bosnick, I'm No Illusions promising to work hard to earn another chunk next week. Until then, we'll leave you with the Breakfast Club close. Main bad guy finally remembered his Adderall and started doing evil stuff again. Good for him. Surprise fat guy Died of a heart attack seconds after the crowbar scene. (laughs) Next week's episode had four minutes of usable content. (laughs) And wow. The marketing on the racist eyeball monster alone is worth it. <laughs> yep. The preceding podcast was a production of Puzzle and a Thunderstorm, LLC. Copyright 2017. All rights reserved.